everybody's in the building and everybody who's online right now. I'm excited about today. Are you ready for a great day or what? Hey, listen, we've got American Airlines Center happening on December 23rd. I am shocked and amazed that our church, what are we, eight years old now, about to be nine years old, and here we are renting out the American Airlines Center, and that's because you guys are people of faith and people of hope, and we're going to believe that God is going to fill that place up. By fill that place up, I think it only means we can have like 5,000 people in there because of social distancing. We're going to fill that place up, and I want to encourage you, make sure you're inviting every friend and family member you have uh, to American Airlines. Uh, if you're, you're like, man, I cannot be out in public just yet. No problem. We're going to live stream as well. So there is an online and an in-person option, and I cannot wait to see what God does. But that's going to be really our next big gathering uh, as a church family. But we've got a bunch of folks gathering right now in the building, and we love you tremendously. And... You're, you're not more important, though. You're not more important than all those folks at home. So we love you as well. Now, as a church family, it's just, it's a whole new day for us. We get the opportunity to, to really have a church Oh, you can think about it maybe like a brick and mortar building. People used to just do brick and mortar, and now they also have their online. And whenever you are, um, let's, take, let's take, I don't know, Macy's, for instance. If they've got uh, an outfit uh, that they want to put uh, up in a, on a mannequin, they have to, you know, kind of style it a certain way. And then if you're going to put it online, you have to style it a different way. Same outfit. But you just have to, you have, you have a different audience that you're trying to connect with. And we are now, as a church family, in the middle of that tension. Uh, we were used to just always just being in the building uh, together. And now we get the opportunity to go, wait, we got to style this for online too. Because there are thousands of people that have now jumped on the journey and says, Shoreline City, that's not just a church I watch. That's my church. This is my family, my community. And what we're not going to do is shame those who come into a building or shame those who won't come into a building. We're going to say, hey, wherever you're comfortable, we'll meet you exactly where you are. We're going to trust for God to do something great in your heart and your life. Uh, today, um, I want to jump in uh, to God's Word. And I'm really, really excited about this. And I, I want to take a step back to really the beginning of 2020. And in the beginning of 2020... God gave me a word for our church, and this word was, some of you will remember this word, others of you, you're new to the journey, you might not remember this word, but the word was release, release. There is without a doubt some irony, some humor, and also some prophetic undertones to this word, release. Uh, we all know what COVID has done for 2020 and how it has locked very many of us uh, in a spot we wouldn't even want to be in. Many of us have lost people that we care about. Others of us have lost jobs that we care about. Uh, it's been a, a tough time in a, in a lot of different ways. But here, God still spoke, release. And, and here's the definition uh, of the word. Here's the definition. Release means to set free from restraint or confinement, to relieve from something that confines and burdens or oppresses. So before we knew COVID was going to hit, 
I think God was trying to speak over our lives as a church family. Don't let COVID chain you. Don't let this next season hold you in bondage. Don't let what you're about to walk through dictate to you the word that I've spoken over your life. And many of us maybe have felt like we've lost our way a little bit. Some of us have felt maybe a little bit dead on the inside. But I just wanted to announce to you today and remind you again that God is still in the business of releasing his sons and daughters. And what he spoke at the beginning of the year, he did not change his mind as a result of the difficulties that we are facing. Matter of fact, he spoke it because he knew the difficulties we would be facing. And I want you to hold on to this word for your family. I want you to hold on to this word for your personal life. I want you to hold on to this word for your business or your finances or your heart or your mindset. I want you to hold on to this word for your friendships. I don't want you just to allow what's going on in the world to dictate the truth of what God is trying to speak over your heart and my heart. Here's the verse of scripture we're going to read. It's found in Luke chapter 4, verse number 18. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. I'm reading out of the New Living translation that says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. I feel like I just want to read it again. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Lenny, come over here for a second. Let me talk to everybody here, uh, everybody at home. You know what? Before I do that, I feel like I got some, uh, I feel like I have my mask on, so I have some condensation underneath my nose right here. Honey, am I good? Okay, thank you, thank you. My wife gets lipstick on her teeth, I get condensation underneath my nose. Uh, He says, I've got good news for the poor. This year, a a lot of folks have have dealt with a lot of poverty. This is not just an American issue. This is a Guatemalan issue as well. There's people all over the world that are dealing with poverty. Bills aren't able to be paid. A a job that you had for a long time is now being, has been set aside. And you're wondering how our ends going to meet. Now, this is not everyone because plenty of folks have been blessed with some promotions and some people have been blessed with buying a house and some people have been blessed with maybe, uh, you go down the line of a whole bunch of different things. But there's some of us that are still struggling. And Jesus here in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says, hey, just so you know, I'm coming and I'm not coming with bad news. I'm coming with good news. I'm coming with good news for the poor. I'm coming to let them know I'm for you and I haven't forgotten about you. So if you're broke, I mean, if you're like, okay, I made it to this home or neighborhood gathering. I made it to church on my last, my last bit of gas. You ever gone to the gas station and gotten $2 worth of gas? 
If you've never gotten $2 worth of gas, you haven't actually been broke, okay? Yeah. You walk in, you're like, man, I hope this card, I'm going to stick this card in there because I, I checked my account. I got $3.78 in the account. So if I can get $2 worth of gas, I can get home. And you put that card in it and you pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask right now. You got your dollars, your consolas, whatever you got. You got your money and you are just God. Just get me through. Just get me through. There's a lot of folks this year. God, just get me through. There's more people that have transitioned from living in apartments to their cars than we've seen in quite some time. God, will you get me through? There's a lot of individuals that were like, hey, I, I, things are secure, things are strong, everything's going to be fine. And, and now they're finding themselves in a food line that they never thought they would be in, and they're driving a nice car, but still need food. This is the reality of the world that we are living in. And again, it is not bad in every spot, but it's bad in enough spots for us not to put our head in the sand as a church and go, man, everything's just perfect. It's not perfect right now. Shoot, it hasn't been perfect for a long time, but there is still an announcement that Jesus makes over this year. And we see it here in Luke chapter four, verse number 18. And that is I'm anointed and I'm bringing good news to the poor. I'm bringing you good news. And the good news is not just, oh, you're going to be rich. They're going to have a bunch of money. That, man, I pray that happens for all of us. But the good news is I have not forgotten about you. The good news is you, you don't have, you might be broke financially, but you don't have to be broke spiritually. That, that's the good news. You might not have what you need in your bank account, but your soul can still be full, even in the midst of the pain and the difficulty of the world. I'm letting you know, I'm bringing good news to the poor. Can I make a, uh, this is a quick little, this is a quick little public service announcement, especially for uh, the folks in Dallas. We're also doing this in Guatemala as well, and I'm really excited about this. We are actually going to provide um, we're partnering with parents, and we want the parents to be the heroes for Christmas. So, so the church, we're not going to bring the gifts to the family's house. We're inviting the parents to come and shop for free at the church, and they get to wrap it up, and they get to bring it to their house, and when the kid opens up the present, they don't just think about, oh, the church is great. They think, mom and dad, you're the best. So we're going to help cover mom and dad during this time. So, so serve team, if you're in a spot right now where you're struggling, or maybe you're a part of Shoreline City and you're just like, man, things are just really tight right now. I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to provide Christmas for my kids. What I want you to do is text. You're going to text SC Shop. I'm not kidding. SC Shop to 97,000. SC shop to 97,000. I'm hoping this works in Antigua too. I'm hoping it does. If it doesn't, we'll get another text uh, number. But I know for Dallas, you're going to text SC shop to 97,000. Maybe even if you know somebody that's going to need some help, go ahead and text. I, hope I might be messing stuff up now. Text SC shop to 97,000. We want to make sure families are covered and we're going to have toys set up in our lobbies and parents will walk through and it will be free of charge. We're going to help gift wrap it. We're going to pray 
celebrate blessings and you're going to go on out and you have a smile on your face. There is no shame at all. There is no condemnation at all. You don't hang your head at all. This has been a tough year for all of us, so we're just going to partner together, link arms together, and be there for each other during this time. This is where part of the heaven to earth offering is actually going, church family. That's why there are real people on the other side of your giving. Good news for the poor. But then he says, I, 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 I've got something. It's not just good news for the poor. He sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released at the so it's like prisoners and captives, and he talks about the oppressed, but he even says, he even says here that the blind will see. I wanted to pause on this one just for a second. Um, I, I did a little bit of study, and I don't feel like I'm an expert on this at all. The disability community is a lot wider and, and deeper than, than I, 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 could, I could possibly know, and and again, I'm excited that we get the chance to even partner with that community by building our special needs playground uh, in Dallas and then all the initiatives we have in Guatemala. There's so many great things going on. But, but something about blindness that I learned is when we think of blind, we think you can't see anything. But, but most people aren't totally blind. Most people, from what I, from what I read, when we talk about blindness... It's actually that they have a, they're like legally blind. Like you can see light, and you might even be able to see images, but in order for you to see an image, it has to be magnified like 20, 200, 2,000 times for you to be able to see it. So when we think of blind, we think somebody that can see nothing, see no light, uh, no peripheral vision, nothing in front of them. We think just absolute and utter darkness. And yes, there are some folks that have that type of blindness, but, but that's not most people. Most people can see something. And I was thinking about this. I'm thinking that most of us can see something. Like in this year... You might not have all the sight you want to have, but you can see something. Like, like all the light's not gone. You can still see something. Now, the question is, the question is, what will you and I choose to magnify when we can't see everything, but we can see something? And I'm looking at this verse of scripture here and Jesus saying, I've come so that the blind will see. And I'm, I'm reading into the text here a little bit, but I just wonder if he's also giving us a little bit of nudge to say, hey, hey, in a day and a time when there's going to be a lot of distractions around, there's going to be a day and a time where you'll be confused about which way to go and what to do. You'll be confused about should you take a right or should you take a left. You'll be confused about should you take that job or not take that job. You'll be confused about what's going on. You'll be confused about do I wipe this down? Do I not wipe this down? Do I shake hands? Do I not shake hands? Is it six feet? 
Is it 10 feet? Is it 12 feet? Is it a mask? Is it a face shield? You'll be confused about a whole lot of things this year. But what I don't want you to be confused about is what you magnify. What I want you to do, instead of magnifying the things that are broken and the things that are lost and the things that are fearful and the things that are doubtful and the things that will tear you down, what I want you to do instead, I want, he said, come on, it's an announcement to all of a shoreline city. I'm telling everybody in Guatemala, everybody in Dallas, everybody in Kenya, everybody in Atlanta, everybody all over. It's an announcement today that what you choose to magnify will have everything to do with your peace. What are you going to put your eyes on? And what we find in Psalm 34 is a psalmist writes, oh, magnify what? Come on, talk to me. The Lord with me. You got a choice about what you're going to magnify. You have a choice about who you will magnify. You and I have a choice that when we are confused and not sure which way to go, when we are feeling blind, what will you and I magnify? And I'm telling you, I can't force you to magnify the Lord. I cannot force you to magnify his goodness. I cannot force you to magnify his power. I cannot force you to magnify his promises. But if you will choose to drown out the noise my friend and say God in the midst of everything that's going on I'm keeping my eyes fixed on you I can't see everything but I choose in this moment to magnify the Lord Luke 1 46 then Mary said my soul magnifies the Lord I'm confused about what I see, but I'm not confused about what to magnify. My soul magnifies the Lord. You got to talk to your soul. You have to talk to your soul. Some people might say you're a little bit crazy. You're not crazy. You're healthy. You have to talk to your soul. Your soul will begin to get in alignment with the word of God that you begin to speak over your soul, okay? You are not less than. You are not defeated. You, it is not over for you. Soul, magnify the Lord. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm the head and not the tail. Man, I don't have money in the bank, but God is still on my side. My marriage is not all I want it to be, but God, you didn't bring me this far to leave me. I thank you, God that you're good. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Magnify the Lord. But none of this is even my message. This is not even my whole message. This is, this is, this is just, that's part one. That's part one. That's part one. Luke chapter four, verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The title of today's message is actually release of favor. Release of favor. When I was praying about this last 
month of December, I was praying for our family in uh, not just in the States, but in Guatemala. I was praying for those who are Spanish speakers and English speakers. I was praying for all of us. And I just felt like God was saying, hey, take my kids back to what I spoke at the beginning of the year. Take them back to what I said, because I'm still saying the same thing over that church. Tell them, tell them that I still am speaking this over everyone who was a part of Shoreline City. Remind them. Remind. I was like, Lord, what are you releasing? And he said, I'm telling you, I'm releasing. These can be the next three weeks. I'm releasing favor. I'm releasing faith. And I'm releasing fire in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the next three weeks. I'm releasing favor. I'm releasing faith. And I'm releasing fire. So today, release a favor. Let's look at the definition, the biblical definition of favor. I got my little Logos on my uh, computer. It's a little Bible software uh, app that helps me kind of dig into what, what do words mean. And, and here's the definition of favor. Finding favor means gaining approval, acceptance, or special benefits or blessings. Finding favor means gaining approval. This sounds good. <laughs> acceptance or special benefits or blessings. Looking kindly upon someone or treating someone with special regard. So we see here in Luke chapter 4, verse 19, he's proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. It's almost, it's in Christ. God is proclaiming the year of his favor and extending his grace and his favor to all of humanity. It's now what, what's happened for us is we now live in not just the year, but the era of God's favor. That's what we're walking in right now. But I want you to notice this. Notice that they're the poor the prisoners, the blind, and the oppressed are all in the year of the Lord's favor. People are still blind, still prisoners, still oppressed, still captive in the year of the Lord's favor. See, we think, we think, if it's the year of the Lord's favor, no one's blind, no one's captive, no one's oppressed, and no one's a prisoner. But in actuality, Jesus is letting us know that I actually am pouring out my favor because there's the poor, there's the blind. Come on, are you with me on this? Because the, because the poor are there, because the blind are there, because the captive are there, because there are oppressed, that is the reason I'm pouring out my favor. It is not the favor that takes all those things away. It's the favor that, that empowers you and I to go into all of those things and declare that they don't have to be that way forever. I'm telling you, this is the year of the Lord's favor. So in, in the year of the Lord's favor, people were, the woman was caught, because this, this verse happens at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. So the woman was still caught in adultery. In the year of the Lord's favor, uh, people were still jockeying for position. In the year of the Lord's favor, people were still stabbing each other in the back. 
In the year of the Lord's favor, uh, the disciples were trying to say, hey, Jesus, give me this bit. Give me this spot. Give me this spot. I don't forget those other people. Give me this spot. Matter of fact, they're going to talk to, they're going to, talk to their mother and say, hey, mom, ask Jesus for Jesus to give us the, the, the spot of honor when he comes into his kingdom. There were people scheming in the year of the Lord's favor. People were pushing aside blind Bartimaeus in the year of the Lord's favor. There was racism in the year of the Lord's favor. There was sexism in the year of the Lord's favor. There was doubt and depression in the year of the Lord's favor. And I'm telling you, it's because of all of that that God was giving us the favor and giving Jesus the favor. I'll put it it this way. How do I have it? How do I have it in my notes? In the year of the Lord's favor, there are still problems to fight. Just because he's pouring out favor doesn't mean we aren't dealing with problems. I put it this way. If there is no fight, there's no need for favor. Come on, talk to me. Let me... I don't know if everybody in the room is listening to me here. So let me, let me, let me talk to you all at home for a second, okay? If, if there's no fight, there's no need for favor. Do you need favor if everything's going perfect in your life? <laughs> Do you need favor if every door opens at every moment? No resistance, no struggle, no difficulty. Do you need a favor if every prayer is answered exactly the way you ask for it to be answered when you ask for it to be answered? Do you need favor if there's no spiritual warfare? Do you need favor if there's no demonic attack? Do you need favor if nothing's coming against your marriage or coming against your single life? Do you need favor if there's nothing coming against your finances or your mind? Do you need favor if there is no anxiety or depression that you're dealing with? I say to you, we need the year of the Lord's favor because of all of those things. It's because of the problems that he's pouring out the favor. I I was reading this and I I just couldn't believe that all that stuff was happening in the year of the Lord's favor. Uh, football, uh, let me talk about NFL football for just a second. NFL football, okay? Dallas Cowboys. <sighs> Man, it's tough. Matter of fact, just for a second. I'm not even sure totally what that means, but man, rough year praying for Dak Prescott to get all healed and whole and all all of that. Uh, But American football, American football, because we got folks all over that like, oh, football, you mean football? No, I mean like football where you don't really use your feet Uh, other than the run. Nowadays, when... You get penalized for anything in today, in modern football, okay? There was a day, old people, help me out here, okay? There was a day, I'm talking Ronnie Lott kind of days, okay? He was a safety back in the, any old people with me on this one? Young people, you don't know about this, okay? Because nowadays, if you go, boo, personal foul, 
If you tackle someone too hard in football, they say unsportsmanlike conduct. If you pick them up, slam them to the ground. Back in the day, you were the man. <laughs> you, you would have gotten a bonus for that back in the day. Nowadays, when you do that type of stuff in football, the ref pulls out his flag. If the quarterback is going to throw the ball and a, a person grazes the quarterback's helmet, grazes it, doesn't hit it, grazes it, personal foul, 15 yards. Now, you can say what you want to say about, you know, football and, you know, you don't be like, oh, I don't like football, it's too violent, and, but now it's not. Now it's kind of like ballet, okay? It's gotten very, <laughs> it's not that bad, but, you, you, you know, it's just, it's just gotten softer. And, and this, this softness that you kind of see in society kind of trickling in or maybe flooding into the church. That the first time the enemy grazes our helmet. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Lord, Lord, this cold, this cold, Lord, this cold. Take it away, Lord, take it away, take it away. I can't have this cold, I can't. Oh, man, they weren't nice to me, they weren't nice to me, they weren't nice to me, they weren't nice to me. I can't do what you called me to do, I can't. I read a great article this past week talking about how the picture of manhood that we even have in this day and age is. You can be nice, but if you're tough, you're not a man of God. But if you're nice, you are a man of God. Trying to take away as much of the fire that we actually need in order to be who God has called us to be. I'm just telling you, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, prepare for the fight. If you want to be someone that does what God is calling you to do, prepare for the fight. As a matter of fact, God gets favor for the fight. When David was going to fight Goliath, he was going to fight Goliath. And before he ever got to Goliath, he had to go through his family first. It was his family that first said, what are you doing here? And tried to get him to stop from doing, stop, to stop him from doing the thing that God was asking him to do. He had to push through his family. Some of y'all, you're going to have to push through your family. You're going to have to push through the naysayers. You're going to have to push through the negative comments. You're going to have to push through all of that stuff. Say, God, I thank you for the favor that I need for the fight that's in front of me. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 to 35, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found what? You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a, I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born to be born 
will be called the Son of God. This tells me you can be favored and still be put in an uncomfortable predicament. And we think when we're favored, we get to avoid all the uncomfortable predicaments. Our understanding of favor has been so limited that we are actually thinking we're not favored because of we're fighting. And in actuality, you need to recognize that is part of the sign that you are favored. Mary was favored, and Joseph thought about leaving her. Just let it sit in. Look, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm talking real here. I'm talking real about, oh, your favorite, your favorite. It's easy. It's light. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 friends, no, friends. That's not going to prepare you for a very real world that is going to try to tear you apart, try to rip away the faith that you have on the inside of you. But I'm telling you, no weapon formed against you can prosper. Uh, as a matter of fact, there, God is setting up things for you even this week, right? He is setting setting up things. And if you think there's no fight, then you're not seeing it correctly. I'm trying to get you ready for the fight. A release of favor. Okay. I'm going to be quiet here because I got a bunch of verses I want to read. But I do want you to know this. You are favored by love and for love. You are favored by love and for love. Favored by love, you need to understand that the God of all gods, the creator of all things, favored you not because you're good, but because of the work of Jesus Christ. This is not something you and I do earn because of our behavior. This is a free gift. As a matter of fact, I don't have time to dig into this, but the word favor and grace are so intertwined in Scripture. You, my friend, need to understand that what God is pouring out for you and on you is not even because of you. It's because of him. It is unmerited. And it's the reason we, with a heart of joy, give God our everything. But I'm not just favored by love, love being God. I'm favored for love. Meaning that which God wants to give me does not stop with me. It is designed to go through me and to serve and impact the world to make it, as we put it, on earth as it is in heaven. So yes, you're favored. Meaning that God gave, God gave this to you because he loves you. And not because of your goodness, but because of his goodness. But then he says, don't keep it to yourself. And if you do, then you're not walking in favor. You're walking in selfishness. You're walking in greed. But if you receive it and you give it, now that's favor. Let me read these verses to you. Just some, I don't know, this is like 10, 15 verses. 
just about favor. I just wanted to, just wanted to announce these verses over you. you uh, we're going to put them on the screen so you can jot them down. And even later, actually, this is all on demand, so you can go back and pause it <laughs> and write down every verse. Psalm chapter 5, verse 12. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him and her with favor as with a shield. Psalm 90, verse 17, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Psalm 84, 11, 4, the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Psalm 30, verse 5, for his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. 1 Samuel 2, 26, now the young man Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with men. Acts chapter 7 verse number 10 and, and rescued him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh king of Egypt who made him ruler over Egypt and over all his household. Esther chapter 5 verse number 2 and when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court she won favor in his sight and he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Exodus chapter 3 verse 21 and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. That means you don't have to be in a Christian organization in order to have favor. You can be in a place of bondage and still have favor and when when you go, you shall not go empty. Exodus 33, verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Proverbs 3, verse 4. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Proverbs 8, 35. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And lastly, but certainly not least, Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I declare a release of favor over all of Shoreline City in Guatemala and the States and in every other country all over the world. Would you bow your head just for a moment? Father, I thank you so much for these sons and daughters that are under the sound of my voice, that you love each and every one of us so much. And in this moment, we surrender our hearts and our lives to you, and we receive the favor that you have. And God, we will not keep it to ourselves, but we promise to share it with the world. As your heads are bowed for just a moment, if you're in the room or you're in a home or in a coffee shop, wherever you might find yourself, maybe even sitting in a car, and right now you have not surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, you haven't made him first, you haven't made him number one, you haven't made him the boss of your life, but maybe you're, you're saying, I, I, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I don't want to be first. I want him to be first. I'm going to ask you to respond to the grace of God in this moment. 
And say you don't want to go your own way, you want to go his way. You don't want to be boss of your life, you want him to be boss. You don't want to be first, you want him to be first. And on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something incredibly bold. I just want you to put your hand over your heart if that's you. Ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand over your heart. You're responding to God's grace, saying, God, I want you to have the core of me. I don't want to play games anymore. I don't want to live on the peripheral. I want you and I to have a very intimate, very real relationship. I want to go from lost to found, from dead to alive. I'm going to ask every person who is under the sound of my voice to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we clap our hands at every home, every neighborhood gathering?